today on Lawyers Rising. There's always going to be people that are willing to replace you and all these kind of things going on in the background. So it's, it's a little bit scary. 10 reasons you will never be in control over your legal career if you work in a law firm. Hello and welcome. I'm joined once again by Harrison Barnes, the founder and chief executive of BCG Attorney Search. Hi, Harrison. Thanks for making time for me. Yeah, thank you. You know, so many of us embark on our careers uh, so full of hope, so uh, full of plans, and then life has a tendency to kind of kick you in the teeth a little bit as you get deeper and deeper into your career. I think that's why you wanted to write this article, 10 Reasons You Will Never Be in Control Over Your Legal Career If You Work in a Law Firm. I think there's some great advice in this, and we're going to get to all 10. But before we do that, can you just start off by explaining why you wanted to write this? Why did you want to provide this advice to people? Well, I mean, the, the thing that I see is, um, you know, everything that happens to attorneys in, in the legal market, um, you know, a lot of it is, is very random and, uh, and it's unfortunate, but, you know, people succeed and, uh, and, and fail for, for things that in, in many cases are just completely random and things that they don't really have any control over. And, you know, it's unfortunate. So, you know, when you when you see kind of what, you know, the, the path people's career takes, uh, many times they're just completely derailed, you know, over forces that they have no control. And so it, it's kind of scary, you know. It's, uh, you know, I think that, you know, everybody wants to believe things, you know, the world's a meritocracy. And, mm. and to some extent it is, uh, and more more so than not. But uh, there's, there's a lot of luck and chance and just things – you know, that attorneys don't have any control over. And it, it's, it's kind of scary, you know, when you, I guess when you put your faith in a law firm or under the control of, um, you know, other groups of people or the economy, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, it's not, it's not easy. You know, I think this advice is useful for those that have maybe failed in their career or maybe stumbled in their career to understand that it wasn't all your fault. And so too, I think it's useful for those that are really successful in their career to know it's not all because you were so amazing either. I think it's uh, it's useful to uh, carry this information in either case. So let's just get right into this list here. Starting with number one, you will never be able to control the economic equation inside of law firms. What's the economic equation inside of law firms, Harrison? Well, I mean, in, you know, in the, in the most macro level imaginable, uh, you know, it's, in, in, it's unfortunate to make this, uh, you know, analogy, but it's true. I mean, it's, you know, an attorney is a machine that, that, uh, you know, is it, you know, that has an hourly rate and, and, and bills for their time. And so, um, you know, as a machine, there's just all sorts of pressure. I mean, the, the goal of the, the law firm is to have, you know, machines that work the hardest for the lowest possible rate and to do the best possible job. And, um, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, and then older machines, they want to bring in business and, and do work as well. So, I mean, there's just this constant, uh, you know, pressure. And as you get older, there's uh, younger attorneys uh, that, that are constantly, you know, kind of pushing their way up. And there's, um, you know, law firms are always raising the billing rates of partners and partners are expected to pass that along. And um, it's just difficult, you know, so the economic equation is, uh, is something that is, is kind of always there. And so it makes it difficult to ever really get comfortable. I mean, you're constantly under pressure to you know, to kind of feed the, the machine that is the law firm. I know you're kind of making this point, um, and as you say, kind of a macro level, and it can be disturbing to a lot of people that hear this, but I think it's an important lesson nevertheless. You're really trying to emphasize the fact that, especially when you're just coming out of law school, you're so full of yourself in so many ways, uh, so 
anticipating that your talents will be um, really loved and respected inside the institution you're about to go into, the firm you're about to go work in. But as you say, it's really just about how much you're going to produce at the end of the day. You are something of an automaton, a machine, and you need to understand that that's what you're being viewed as, at least at the beginning part of your career. It bolsters something we were speaking about earlier on another podcast about why it's so important to be seen to be serving rather than to be out for yourself. Um, I guess that's kind of what you're trying to emphasize here is to understand that you really are just viewed in a sort of profit and loss way about how much you're going to be producing on a weekly, on a daily basis. Yeah, and it's just, it's never going to change. I mean, that's just how law firms work and uh, and you can't control it, you know, and there's always going to be people that are willing to replace you and uh, all these kind of things going on in the background. So it's, it's a little bit scary. Number two, you will never be able to control your natural talent. Um, you know, everyone thinks they're incredibly talented, incredibly intelligent. Once you get into a very dog-eat-dog firm, you quickly realize where your limitations lie. Can you talk a little bit more about that, about how natural talent naturally plays into your success in your career? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, 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 the most important thing to, to really understand is that, you know, when two attorneys come up against each other, I mean, they're essentially, uh, you know, trying to, you know, to, to outsmart each other. And, uh, you know, and, and that's kind of how it works. And, and the best the largest clients typically have the attorneys that uh, have have better abilities in that way. So, unfortunately, uh, you know, and and everything that I've seen, you know, in the course of my career, um, you know, points to the fact that um, you know there's certain people that have a natural talent for practicing law, and some of them have it more than others. I mean, I've seen people that you know have such a grasp of ideas and can you know, manipulate facts and figures and information just in an, in an incredible way. I mean, in a way that, uh, you know, just, you know, blows my mind. And, you know, I've come up against people like that, uh, you know, a few times in my career and I'm amazed, you know. And so people have natural talents. And, you know, if you don't, if you're not, uh, you know, the smartest, then you're going to need to figure out how to apply your, you know, whatever skills you have in, a, in another way. And, and it doesn't, you know, not everybody that, you know, does well practicing law is the smartest. Now, there's a lot uh, that goes into it, but, you know, it, you're, it's, it, it's a talent game. I mean, it's no different than, you know, your ability to play a professional sport. I mean, if you, you know, try to go far as a tennis player, I mean, you're going to come up against you know, a wall at some point. So th- these are things you really don't have a lot of control over. And, um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, you can develop and become a very good attorney, but there is a lot of talent that's just natural that some people have and others don't. It occurs to me that you need to be very honest with yourself about where your talents lie and where your lack of talent might lie as well. And, and to be, and to understand what that is and not to lie to yourself about what your actual capabilities are so that you can improve on those areas that you really need to, or to work harder on. Because if you just sort of lie to yourself and make excuses for your failures, you're really not going to go anywhere, are you? No. So number three is you will never be able to control human mistakes and vulnerabilities completely. Everyone likes to think they're not going to make mistakes. What do you mean here about being able to control human mistakes and vulnerabilities? What have you seen over the years that makes you think that this is really important to understand? Well, you know, I work with a lot of different attorneys and and a lot of times they come to me when um, they've lost jobs or, you know, or sometimes, you know, I just, I stay in touch with them and I look up and see how they're doing. And, um, you know, and a lot of times I find, you know, that just, you know, bad things have happened to them. And, 
you know, it's, um, you know, people just make mistakes or, or bad things happen. And, and when bad things happen, a lot of times their careers just stop. I mean, it was interesting to me, like I, I was, you know, just the other day, I was, uh, I looked up an attorney that I, um, you know, had been trying to find a job for a long time ago, or, you know, several, maybe I don't know how long ago, four or five years ago, or maybe not even that long. And I remember this attorney had been in an auto accident and injured and, you know, someone who had never drank or, or used drugs and she was prescribed some opiate pain pills and, um, you know, a very smart girl. I mean, she'd gone to University of Chicago Law School and had worked in some top firms and suddenly became addicted to these pills. And, um, you know, and then it, it just created all these problems for her and her life completely went downhill. And she ended up, now she's going to be going to federal prison for some time for, I think, doing some financial crimes. I mean, you just... You can't make this stuff up. I mean, it's just, it happens to a lot of people. And it's not, you know, this particular episode is, is, is not, you know, the, the rarest. I mean, I've heard of people being, uh, you know, fired for crazy reasons. And, uh, you, know, um, you know, people just, all sorts of things happening uh, that ended careers. And, and they just, they kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, a lot of times you don't even know what's happening. Like, you don't, I mean, so just these, these things just happen you know, without any notice. And it's, it's crazy. Number four, you will never be able to control recessions in the legal market. So we all know this, you can't predict it. I mean, the most recent recession being a perfect example, no one saw this coming in January of 2020. Talk to me about how this can affect your career. Um, whether you were just starting out, let's say in 2007, or in 2020, how does being in the midst of those recessions affect careers in the long term? Well, I mean, what happens, and it's, it's very unfortunate is, uh, you know, lots of people lose their jobs. So, you know, um, you know, people, uh, especially young attorneys in, in mass um, will lose their job because they tend to be kind of more of a cost center than uh, a profit center. So, you know, people that are starting out uh, lose their jobs uh, and a lot of them never recover. You know, people that are senior and don't have a lot of business typically lose their jobs. Uh, you know, people in different large cities, like, you know, New York always gets hit very hard and people have to leave New York and go somewhere else and uh, that are corporate attorneys. I mean, that happened in 2000, happened in 2008, um, you know, Silicon Valley. I mean, it's just, it can be very, very bad when there's a recession and um, it can literally, you know, you can have invested in going to a good law school and getting a job in a good firm. But when these recessions hit, um, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you know, depending on your firm, uh, you know, everything could just, you know, come to a stop. And it's, 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 you can't control it. I mean, you don't know when they're going to happen. I mean, you can predict them. Uh, you know, they do happen every eight to 10 years. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I don't know why that is. I think what happens is, uh, you know, it kind of starts off with, you know, the economy is doing well. And like, you know, and then people start buying real estate and stuff. And then the credit gets cheaper. And, People take on more debt, and then um, at some point, um, you know, everything gets too overextended, and uh, you know, and and everything kind of collapses, and it just happens every eight to ten years. It's just it's been going on forever. It's 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 actually kind of funny that people don't seem to lose um, the lesson. Yes, and as you're starting out as an attorney, or even if you're in the middle of your career, being stuck in the middle of a huge downturn like we are right now can wildly affect your career. Um, is there much you can do to? bolster against that to kind of protect yourself against that? Or are you just sort of a ship on the ocean getting battered to and fro? Uh, well, I mean, you can protect against it. I mean, it depends on the type of work that you do, you know, so or the type of job that you do. And um, the thing about, uh, you know, recessions is, 
you know, when they do happen, uh, not everybody loses their job. So, you know, and that's something that's very important to understand. I mean, when a recession happens, you know, only a, a, a small sub, you know, not, not every attorney general loses the job. The, the ones that are providing the most value uh, inside their firms typically lose their jobs. Um, also, attorneys in the largest markets typically lose their jobs and um, the ones in the, the firms where their salaries are highest. So, you know, you can typically you're, you're going to be much better off if you're in a smaller market and a smaller firm. Uh, there's certain practice areas that tend to get hit very hard. Uh, the biggest one is corporate. You know, so if you choose to be a corporate attorney, you know, you have to be aware that, you know, if there's a recession, um, you're likely to lose your job, uh, you know, if you're not too far along. And, um, but the biggest thing to prevent, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, uh, to, to guard against that is, is just to, um, you know, make sure that, you know, you're, um, you know, providing as much value as you can and that you're in a firm where, um, you know, you're, you feel safe as opposed to the opposite. Number five, advancement or demotion are difficult to control for many attorneys because they are often random. A lot of people are not going to want to hear that. They're going to want to think that they got that raise because of their immense talent. What do you mean that it's so random? Um, what have you seen over the years that leads you to believe that? Well, I mean, uh, you know, the, uh, all sorts of things can happen. I mean, you know, you, um, it, it just can be completely random and you, don't, you just don't know. I mean, it could be, you know, it could be about talent or it could be about, you know, politics or it could be about, uh, you know, your practice area and the firm needing to do something with that. It could be, uh, you know, there's just all sorts of things. And it's the same thing with demotions. I mean, you know, just crazy things can happen. They can be very random. Uh, a law firm could merge and all of a sudden decide that it's going to get rid of a bunch of people. I mean, there's just, there's all sorts of um, things that com are completely random. I mean, people can make partner for very random reasons. Uh, I know of one person that made partner in a law firm because uh, at the last second, they were asked to assist uh, the most powerful partner in the law firm with a trial. And they did a great job and they decided to make them partner. Had that not happened, I mean, the person you know, might be twiddling their thumbs in the, in the law firm in a, in a different, you know, position at this point, you know, 10 years later. So, you know, it, it depends, you know, and you just never know. Number six, an attorney cannot control the success of their law firm. This is almost, uh, you know, on its face, obvious that for, for some firms fail, some firms succeed. And if through no fault of your own, you can be caught in one that's taken a severe downturn. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how firms themselves can end up dramatically helping or hurting? Yeah, I mean, you just never know. I mean, a law firm can, um, you know, succeed or it can uh, fail. And, uh, you, you know, and you can invest your whole career with a group of people or, or the, you know, the big beginning of your career with a group of people and everything, uh, you know, could, could uh, you know, collapse. I mean, I worked with, uh, you know, I've worked with three firms. One is a summer associate and then two after I graduated. And, you know, the two after I graduated uh, were, were both, you know, some of the oldest firms in the country and, and both of them went out of business. And it's just not something, you know, that you are ever really can control against. So, um, you know, you just, you just never know, uh, you know, what's happening. So, um, you know, you can't control against how successful a law firm is. And uh, when a law firm collapses, a lot of times people, you know, just lose their jobs and they don't find new ones. So it, it can be, you know, fairly catastrophic or, uh, 
you know, you just don't know. Is there much that you can do to guard against this before joining the firm, obviously, or maybe getting out while the boat is sinking? But uh, can you get good intel about the health of, an, of a firm? Um, a lot of this happens behind closed doors. So I can imagine there are some firms that just collapse kind of suddenly without anyone expecting it. But what are your thoughts on this? Can you get good intel about the health of a firm before you join it or indeed while you're in the firm? Um, you can. I mean, typically the best firms to join are the ones that are the busiest and growing, uh, you know, and a lot of times that ends up being, you know, newer type firms. Uh, but, you know, the other thing is, you know, joining uh, established and very uh, successful established firms used to be uh, a recipe for succeeding, but you, you just never know. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, the best thing you can do really is just join a firm where you, you feel comfortable and where you feel like, you know, you can succeed. And, and, and that's not something you can always, um, you know, tell. I mean, a lot of times the, the most established and most successful firms uh, can be the hardest places to, um, you know, to succeed in. Uh, but they also a lot of times are, um, end up being, um, you know, the, the places that are likely to succeed. So, I mean, a law firm basically is a, you know, it's a way to, you know, manage a group of attorneys and different Law firms have different management styles and different ways of managing themselves. And, you know, law firms are like people. I mean, they have weaknesses. And so the, you know, the law firms, the two that I worked at that went out of business, I mean, they ended up merging because they felt weak being the one law firm. And then the merging is what ended up hurting them, you know, so they had, you know, problems, uh, you know, um, and, and that created problems. So, you, you, you know, you typically do not know. Uh, and it's very hard for young attorneys. But, uh, you know, the, the best run law firms are, are really going to be the ones that are most likely to succeed, I think. Number seven, and this can kind of work as an umbrella um, term that for a lot of these, but this puts a finer point on it. Number seven, an attorney can often not control their luck. Let's talk more about luck and just how luck can really benefit or <laughs> severely hurt your career. What do you mean by that? A lot of people like to think they're masters of their own destiny, but... That's not what you believe, right? Luck plays a huge part of this. Yeah, I mean, it's like the attorney, I gave you the example that at the last moment got called into a, to, you know, be on a, on a trial with a big partner and uh, ended up making partner because of that. Or, you know, you could sometimes maybe get a big client and that could be just happen uh, because of luck. Or you could, um, you know, it's just so much happens or the right mentor could be, um, you know, um, you know, because of luck. And you just... You don't know. I mean, you just, um, you know, you have no idea. And, um, or a partner could leave you a, a big book of business. So a lot of stuff that is about luck and, um, and that luck can, can literally change, uh, you know, uh, you know, everything for you. There's an old uh, chestnut about uh, luck happens to the person that's prepared. Do you think that being aware of just how much luck will play into your career and kind of preparing for the worst or the best can, can kind of guard against this somewhat um, that you're not just simply being tossed around uh, by the whims of luck. Um, can you kind of guard against some of this and, and prepare for the worst or is it again, just, a complete flip of the coin about which way your career is going to land. Well, I mean, I, I believe to a great extent that you do control your luck. And so, you know, if you're creating consistently more value and, and giving more and, you know, seen as someone that, that does the, is doing the right things and you're out there networking and you're, you know, um, being careful about the kind of mentor you choose and, 
you know, and you're, you're doing all these things that you're supposed to, then, you know, for the most part, good things are going to happen to you. So I do believe you can control your luck. I mean, I don't think that luck is just this completely random thing that ha- that's kind of floating out there. And I do believe it's controllable. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, a lot of some great things can happen because of luck and, and bad things can happen also because of luck. And so, you know, it's just everything is very random. But I, I honestly believe that, you know, people become uh, that are the luckiest are the people that, that, you know, know, and, you know, you listen to podcasts like this, and you, you know, you read and you learn and you, you know, you watch, you're successful. And then if you, if you do that correctly, then luck will come to you. Well, speaking of things that you can't control, number eight, you will never be able to control what happens with your practice area. We've spoken about this in the past, about how sometimes some practices get really hot and sometimes they get really cold and there isn't much you can do to, uh, to guard against this. Can you talk a little bit about that, about hot and cold practice areas and how that's going to impact your career over time? Yeah, I mean, you, a lot of people will join, uh, you know, different practice areas and, and they'll join them with the idea that, you know, they're going to be successful or that, you know, they're interested in that practice area and they can have a future there. And, uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, you're right and sometimes you're wrong, you know. So, you know, uh, you know, different practice areas can do well at different points of time. I mean, you know, environmental law got very big in the late 70s and early 80s to the 90s and, uh, and then, you know, collapsed. And, and that's, you know, depends a lot of times on, uh, you know, who's uh, in charge in the, you know, in politics and, you know, bankruptcy and real estate and all these different practice areas. I mean, they're controlled by the economy, but a lot of times certain practice areas just kind of go out of business. Like, you know, patent litigation was a huge practice area recently and, um, you know, was kind of put out of business by a, a big Supreme Court decision. So, you know, and it wasn't completely put out of business, but, uh, you know, lots and lots of people had gone into it. So, you know, there's just th- lots of things can happen. And when those things happen to your practice area, you may be left with a skill that, you know, isn't that marketable anymore, which can be scary. What advice would you give to a young law student that's just trying to decide what practice area to focus on? Should they focus on something that they really love, that they're really good at, or something that they think will be profitable and successful over the long term, or a bit of both? Well, I think a bit of both. I mean, I think you need to, you know, people need to go into practice areas that, you know, for whatever reason, uh, they have a lot of interest in. So if you have a lot of interest in um, there's certain things about a practice area that really appeal to you and that you believe um, that you can be talented in, then, then, you know, then that's, then that's a good thing. I mean, and different practice areas, you know, use different skills. I mean, a personal injury attorney, uh, you know, it's very important for them to be good in, um, you know, trials and intimidating outside counsel. So it's not, you know, they may not need to be as, you know, have the same skills that a lot that a corporate attorney would have, for example. So, you know, you need to go in things, I think, when you're, when you're really, really interested in something, you know, the cream always rises to the top. And so, you know, the more you're interested in it and the more your background is suited for it, the better you're, def- you're typically going to do. Number nine, you cannot control being in the right legal market at the right time. This is very similar to what we just spoke about. But again, certain cities blow up and others really start to crash. <laughs> right now, we're seeing a real problem with living in cities to begin with. But can you talk about um, this aspect of markets uh, in different parts of the country rising while others fall? It's a difficult thing to try and manage. Um, you know, what advice would you give to people to try and uh, to, to guard against that? 
Well, it depends. You know, if you want to uh, live in a you know in a major legal market, uh, you know, then that that market's going to be controlled by the economy. So I, I think in the example that I gave is you know Texas is um, you know often controlled by uh, you know what's going on with gas prices and uh, you know in, in New York by you know what's going on in the corporate market and you know so you just you know the Bay Area by what's going on in tech and so forth. So you know, and, and if you're in the right legal market at the right time, things can go very well. I mean, North Dakota a couple of years ago was actually blowing up and doing very well because of gas prices and, and you know, fracking. And, you know, so it's just, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen in your legal market. And so lots of careers have been made by being in the right place at the right time. I mean, people, you know, there's lots of very successful attorneys in Silicon Valley that, you know, became that way because of the market they were in or, you know, in different markets. And then the other thing that the converse can happen. I mean, you could be, you know, in the wrong legal market at one time. I mean, something that was interesting to me was I was, you know, I was completing a clerkship in uh, Michigan outside Detroit, and I was uh, interviewing with firms there, and I, they were just kind of like lukewarm and not, you know, that interested. I mean, they were they were nice, but they weren't, um, it wasn't, you know, they weren't jumping up and down and that sort of thing to make offers. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, they, they would make offers, but they it wasn't as enthusiastic as I, the kind of reception I received when I, started interviewing in LA and people were, you know, giving, you know, offers within the interview itself and, uh, you know, offering signing bonuses and, you know, all this stuff. And there was just so much more enthusiasm. And so that's one reason I moved to Los Angeles rather than stay in Detroit where I was from. This is, you know, the market in LA hasn't been that good in a long time, but that's just how it was. And so, you know, being in that, being in the right legal market meant that, you know, I got all sorts of training and, um, you know, and got exposed to, very interesting things and got to work with very smart people and had a much better experience than I probably would have had in Detroit. So it just depends on the legal market you're in and, um, and your, your life and stuff can be controlled by that to a great extent, depending on what market you're in. You know, I'm interested at the risk of derailing the conversation here a little bit. Um, at the top of this, I mentioned that the cities are becoming a lot more difficult to live in in the midst of the COVID crisis. You're in the Los Angeles area. I've heard lots of folks talk about something of an exodus from LA right now kind of overpopulated. The lockdown has really scared people. They're trying to get out of there. What have you seen in terms of the big cities and the legal market? Um, are people trying to get out or are they somewhat uh, protected from this downturn? What are you seeing? Well, I think that a lot of times the problem with the big cities, uh, you know, from people, the extent of people leaving is the salaries are higher, the, there's better work, the works, and, you know, you do work in behind a, larger companies. And, you know, so I don't see people trying to leave the big cities as much. I mean, I, I do think that there, you know, there are stories about exoduses out of, uh, you know, LA and, uh, you know, in San Francisco and New York and so forth. But I, I think that, you know, in, in the, I, you know, the, these kind of stories are kind of always going on and the cities always come back, uh, you know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that, uh, you know, certainly if I was an attorney, I don't know that I would want to, and I am an attorney, but if I was still practicing, I don't know that I would want to work in a big city. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it is a very difficult place to work and uh, for a lot of reasons. Number 10, and to wrap up the list, you cannot control your natural political skills for the most part. Man, I wish someone had told me this when I was embarking on my career. It uh, took me a long time to get even half good at the political game inside my career. Not only, but a lot of people are just built for for wheeling and dealing. Uh, can you talk a little bit about political skills and how important they're going to be in your career? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I believe, I mean, you know, certainly certain people, just like they have natural legal skills, also have natural political skills. But, you know, a lot of political skills, I mean, people pick up from their parents and from their environments and from, you know, all these different places. And so, you know, to be talented politically is, is something that, uh, you know, that, you know, you, you sometimes you have or you don't. And I, I'm sure you can learn politics just as you can, you know, learn to become a better attorney. But, um, you know, but, it, but the political skills you have are very important. And, um, you know, and, and, and they will determine your success in a law firm, uh, in most law firms. And so if you don't have those political skills, you know, it's, it's not always something that you can develop and you should be aware of it. And certain law firms will require more political skills than others. I mean, I, um, you know, but, you know, it's just, it's, it's part of the game. Yeah, it certainly is. And, you know, just to wrap up this conversation, we've given a lot of uh, this list of 10, a lot of things that might really scare people about what they're about to embark in in their career, or indeed if they're just in the midst of their career, things that they haven't thought about. I wonder if um, to give people something of a positive to leave on that, as we mentioned before, that the prepared mind is, is ready for uh, prepared for luck. Is that part of the reason why you wanted to share these lessons to folks that if they're at least aware of this um, random aspect of their, their career, they're going to be able to deal with it a little bit better than when it happens to them? Yeah. I mean, I think that every, well, not only can they deal with it, but uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, you can be on the lookout for it. So, you you know, the things to look out for. So, you know, in terms of the economic equations, if you're aware of that, if you're aware of your talent, like, you know, the thing with talent is like, you don't have to be, you know, I mean, you, you just need to be in the right practice here in the right environment if you don't have the natural talent for certain things or, you know, like an example would be like, I'm not a science person, but, you know, if I became a, a patent attorney, that would be like a huge mistake. I mean, you know, I mean, I guess I could probably take some science classes and, and pass the patent bar, but it just, it's not where my interests lie. So, you know, um, choosing, you know, and, and being in an area where you have the best talent and, and being aware that, you know, you can't, you have to watch out and make mistakes. I mean, you know, all these people are in trouble for, you know, sex things and all these, you know, things that are going on and harassment and, you know, and it's just, you know, being aware of what happens means you have to be careful, you know, and you have to, you know, um, you have to kind of realize. So, yeah, being aware of these things, I mean, and these are kind of the, the 10 big things, you know, that, that kind of get attorneys in trouble, I think, uh, you know, but if you're aware of what your weaknesses are, then you can avoid uh, making mistakes. Harrison Barnes, thanks for making time. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you're an attorney looking for a change, go to bcgsearch.com.